Amen. Well, good morning, good morning. Good morning. It is good to be in the house. And um, I am excited and delighted to be with you this morning. Been looking forward to the time to be able to, to open up God's words with you this morning. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will be glad and rejoice therein. And so let me just pray. I bring you greetings from the Florida Baptist Convention on behalf of Dr. Tommy Green and uh, the staff there. And this morning, my bride and pride is not able to be with me this morning. Our daughter had uh, oral sur surgery this week, and so she's taking care of our baby girl. So she's not with us, and so, uh, so we covet your prayers. But let me pray, and let's get after it. Father, we thank you. God, we praise you this morning. Thank you for Jesus. And so, Father, we ask that, God, that you open our hearts, open our minds, our soul, and our spirit. And, God, that we would be able to hear and to receive, God, what the Spirit speaks expressively to our hearts, our lives today. Father, give us blood-dipped ears. Give us hearts that are open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, Father, when it's all said and done, we will be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. For we ask it all in Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. This morning, I want to talk with you this morning. I want to talk to, to dads, dads. Not just dads, I want to talk to future dads and dads want to be. But I don't just want to talk to dads, I want to talk to moms. Not just moms, but future moms and moms that want to be. This morning I want to talk about dad, the priest. Dad, yeah, 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 I said it right. <laughs> Dad, the priest, the priest of your home. Dad, you are the priest in your home. You see, Pastor Sid, Sidney, he pastors, he shepherds, heritage, community church. But you are the shepherd of your home. You are the priest at your address. You see, and so with that said, I say to the young ladies, I say to moms, when you are choosing a husband, when you're choosing a man, when you're choosing a soulmate, you're not just choosing someone to provide income someone to provide stability, you are choosing a spiritual leader over your life. You're choosing someone who will not be just the father of your children, but the shepherd over your soul. Oh, it's getting quiet in the house now. <laughs> now, where I'm from, we would say, you can hear rat lick cheese. Yeah. Dad, 
You're not just income. Dad, you're not just a protector. You are the priest in your home. You are the shepherd over your family. They are your, not just your responsibility, they're your flock. You have the responsibility of which you will give account to one day for not just the stewardship, but the shepherding of the flock of God under your protection, under your stewardship. You see, over 33 times in the Greek New Testament, as Pastor Sidney said to his family, he said, they feel like family. I refer to them as family because they are family. They're part of the family of God. And see, and so throughout the Greek New Testament, over 33 times, the church is referred to as the family of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all didn't know that. Y'all didn't know this, but I'm your cousin. Yeah. As one great theologian said, why can't family just get along? You see, you see, you see, my brother, if, if you, if my brother and I, if we would just, if we would just take hands and if I would grab his hand and he would grab my hand and we would do the Michael Jackson and we just moonwalk back for a minute. If we would just move, if we would just walk back in time, we would come to a place in the fork in the road where you and I were our family. See, there was only one Adam and one Eve. From the two came the many. And if that's true, cause we're family. We're family. And so, and see, family, family like collard greens and fried chicken. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just want you to know I'm available this afternoon if you, for, <laughs> for, my, for my family, for my family. Yeah. All right. This may be the first time, but it ain't going to be the last time, family. <laughs> so if I don't get to you this time, just hang in there. And so family... Is the family of God is very, very important. It's understanding the dynamics of family. You see, it has been said it's the church is like the family that has the joy and the struggles of living in a community. It is true. What is true of the family is equally true with the church. The family is a unit, it's the building block of society. God builds society one family at a time, one family at a time. You see, therefore, whatever strengthens the family strengthens society. Conversely, it's true. Whatever weakens the home weakens society. Whatever's unhealthy in society is unhealthy for the home and the family. Furthermore, the church is merely a composite of the family's that make up the church. The family is merely, the church is merely a composite of the churches that make up the family. You see, the church is a, a, a strong family. It makes up, make up a strong church. Weak families produce and develop weak churches, weak and fragmented churches. So go the family, so goes the church. You see, whatever affects the home affects the church. Strong family builds strong churches. 
weak and fragmented families build and produce fragmented churches. And so whatever the church is today, it is what you make it. Whatever problems the church has is what you brought into it this morning. Because the church is made up of the families that make up the church. And so if the church is going to be better, family's got to be better. If the community is going to be better, family's got to be better. The family, we, is, they are the building block of all society. You want a better nation? Start with better, better cities. Start with that produces that are a result of, of better churches, that are a result of better families, that are a result of better marriages, that are a result of better individuals. We are who we are. We are what we are. You see, you've heard it said many times that everything rises and falls on leadership. On leadership. Godly leaders produce godly followers. Strong leaders produce strong bodies. Good leaders produce good bodies. Average leaders produce average bodies. Meteorocracy produce meteorocracy. Listen to me. Birds of, grandma, my grandmother would say it this way. Birds of a feather flock together. People attract those of like kind. Those that are here today are because you are attracted to something. There is a, there's something about the chemistry. There's something about the uniqueness. There's something about the leadership of this fellowship that causes you to, that attracted because we are attracted to those of like kind. Unhealthy people are attracted to unhealthy people. I talk to ladies sometime and they say to me, I don't know why I keep getting the wrong boyfriend. I don't know why I keep getting the wrong, because something about you is unhealthy. Unhealthy people attract unhealthy people. Healthy people attract healthy people. If you want to attract healthy people, that means you got to get healthy. There's no mystery where you keep getting the wrong boyfriend. There's no mystery why you keep getting the wrong girl. Why every time you get, like, man, man, boy, they, they did it again. Something inside of you is broken. You see, we attract those of like kind. I got to get better. I got to do better. Many times, you see, what you want in your mate must be present in you. A lot of times, we want something that we don't possess. Yeah, I want, I want her to be all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> and you just, you know, you know, you're a nutty buddy. Yeah. You know what they say, sometimes I feel like a nut. Sometimes I don't. Peter Paul, I'm a John. And so whatever you want in a mate must be evident within you. You want a good mate? You want a lawyer? You, you want, kind of, then are you that? Are you what you're looking for? Because you get what you give. 
Hello, somebody. Yeah, you get what you give. If you want to get more, you got to give more. If you want to get what you've never given, what you never got, then you got to give what you've never given. If you want to go where you've never been, you got to do what you've never done. And so family, dad, dad. See, we want the preacher to fix my problem in my home. That's why I come here, because that's what Pastor Sid does. Hello, somebody. So he says, Dad, the high priest, once again, what's true in the home is true in the church and society at large. You see, I want us to see six things real quickly this morning as we move through the text. I want us to see, first of all, what the secular society, what the secular society say about the family, the secular view of family. It is that Clearly, the family is the critical center of social force. It is the seedbed of economic skills and the attitude towards work. It is a strong agent of education and success than the school, a stronger teacher of religious value than the church. Political and social plans in a wise society order begins with the axiom that says, what strengthens the family strengthens society. Even when poverty and disorientation strike, and over the generations they will, they often do. It is the family strength that mostly defend and protect individuals against alienation, lassitude, and despair. The world around the family and the church is fundamentally unjust. The state and its agencies and its economic systems and its agencies are never able to be fully trusted. Once one unfortunate law that has been learned throughout all of the, the disasters and the injustice over the thousands of years is this. If things go well with the family, life is worth living. But when the family falter, life falls apart. The family is a seedbed. The family is the anchor. The family is the heart of society. It's the strength. A secular university did some research on family, and they came up with six common, six characteristics, six common characteristics of strong families. Here's what they said. They found that first, they consistently expressed and displayed affection and appreciation for each other. Secondly, they had an ability to deal with crisis in a positive manner. Third, they consciously designed and structured and scheduled time together. Number four, they had a high degree of commitment to each other. Next, they develop and maintain good communication patterns with one another. And then finally, number six, each of these families had a high degree of spiritual orientation and dedication. In other words, they are growing spiritually together as a family 
and as a body. You've heard it said before, the family that prays together, the family that worships together grows together. It's critical. The spiritual glue that holds us together. The purpose, dad, mom, the purpose of house and home, the purpose of the house and home, all of the institutions in today's society, the one which appears to be the least understood and the most maligned is the home and the church. You see, I said at the, at the retreat to the men, there, there, there are three areas of authority, three universal areas of authority that God has set in motion in the cosmos. The first area of authority is parental authority. Parental authority. Children learn how to obey and operate and function in the greater society because they learn how to function in the smaller society, i.e. the home. So we grow up with parental authority. Then it's ecclesial authority. Ecclesial authority. It's church authority. I grew up in a time where the church had a voice. The church, the community looked to the man of God. The church looked to the people of God for, for wisdom, for direction, for guidance. You see, it's not just parental authority. It's ecclesial authority. God there's an authority of the church. There's an authority that the church speaks collectively, individually. But not only is there a parental authority, there's ecclesial authority, but there's governmental authority. Yeah. It's governmental authority. Isn't that where we're struggling today? Because we've Kids have reject parental authority. They don't care what the government... That's why they marched in the street. That's why they burn in buildings. That's why they're doing all kind of dumb things, all kind of crazy things because they, they have lost the, they, they, the respect for parental authority. They don't respect their parents anymore. They don't respect the church anymore. And when you don't have respect for your parents, for the church, you won't expect government either. That's why we're moving towards anarchy in our nation. Because we got to go back. It all starts at the home. It all starts with dad, the priest. We need more priests, not in churches, in homes. In homes. Yeah. Everybody want to blame the church. No, it ain't, it's not the church fault. Yeah, yeah. We only work with what you send to us. It's like everybody want to, bring, want to blame the school teacher. Everybody want to blame the teacher. It's the teacher's problem. They can only work with what you send them to work with. Hello, somebody. Listen to me. Dad. Dad, the high priest. You see, he says to us, in Proverbs 22, 28 says this here. He says, do not... Move the ancient landmarks. Do not move the ancient landmarks which your father has set in place. 
In America, we are moving landmarks that ought not be moved. We're trying in America, we're trying to redefine the family, redefine the home, redefine the church. We're we're redefining boys and girls. Something's wrong. Something's wrong in Denmark. Yeah. We're having discussions about restrooms. Which one should you go to? It used to be simple. (laughs) It used to be clear. It used to be elementary. But now we've gotten confused. I don't know which one I'm supposed to go into. Really? It's basic biology. The picture ought to clue, ought to clue you in on the door. See, but we're struggling because we're allowing landmarks to be moved. Someone has moved the old landmarks. You see, when I was a boy, boys were boys. Girls were girls. Men were men. And women were women. Yeah. Now we've got, we haven't just blurred the line, we've removed the lines. God says, do not remove. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. I don't care what the president says. Do not remove the old landmarks. Those boundaries were set in place for a reason. Lord have mercy. Y'all gonna make me preach this morning. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to be a good Baptist this morning. You know, I'm trying to be a not just a good Baptist, because y'all, I, I know y'all hadn't noticed, but I'm a little different. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be one of you today, because you know, because you know, I I know, newsflash, newsflash, I'm a black preacher. Yeah, 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 we, 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 come on somebody. We get a little excited. Yeah, 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 we get a little loud. (laughs) And we are a little long. (laughs) Listen to me, number, number four. Here's what I want you to hear me say this morning. God's divine design. God's divine design for the Christian, for the Christian home and church. God's divine design for the Christian home and the church. See, God is a God of order. He does everything decent and in. Come on, say it with me. No, you ain't got to be scared up in here. What is God's divine design for the family? You see, the Bible said that Christ is the head of the... He says, and in Christ, as we will see in a minute in Ephesians, that Christ is the head of the home. He's the head of the man. See, God's order is in the home. It's Christ, it's Christ, dad, mom, and the children. Christ... Dad, mom, and the children. 
I didn't make that one up. Now, if you got an issue, well, you got to take it up with him. <laughs> Some of us don't like that. Because we think that I'm okay with Jesus being the head, but after Jesus is me. No, 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 no. The head of the home is Christ, then your husband, then you, mom, and then junior, then the children. See, what is Satan's order? Satan's order is in the home, it's Satan, the children, mom, then dad, then dad. How many families? Decide where they're going to worship because the kids choose. I don't want to fight with them this morning. So where where y'all want to go today? We like the church with the playground. We got the the most least mature choosing spiritual direction. Tell me how that works. You got the one who's least qualified, least able to make spiritual decisions, and they choose where we worship. Figure that one out. That's the man's job. That's the priest in the home. He makes those decisions. He you see, preacher, you... Testing one. There we go. There we go. There we go. 
Boy, trying to hold a brother back. Yeah. There we go. He says that, notice, who is to be the highest authority in the Christian home and, and in the house of God? Whose presence should be honored in every thought, word, deed, and action? Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, he says, But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of his wife. Who's the second in authority in the Christian home and in the church of Jesus Christ? Now, why does he keep saying the church, the home and the church? Because God doesn't have one order for the home and another order for the church. That's why I, can, 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 hey, 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 hear me with your good ear this morning. That's why I have issues with women pastors over church. Oh, preacher, y'all going to mess me up now. <laughs> if God made man the head of the home, why would he make a woman the head of the church? Oh, y'all ain't going to pray with me this morning. <laughs> he says, the next in authority, he says, verse, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23 says, the father, for the father, excuse me, for the husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. The next in area of authority in the home, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your Mother, we have God's divine order for the home, for the family, and the church. And then number five, dad. The father is the priest in the home. Yeah, the father is to be the priest in the home. The father is to give direction and leadership. He is to lead his family in the way of the Lord. He is to set the biblical example, the pattern for lifestyle, and that, that glorifies God in the home. Look at me. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19 says, For I have chosen him in order that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord in doing righteously, righteous and just. The father sets the pattern. The father is the one who's given the instruction and he said he is the pattern. He says, well, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Joshua said, for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Dad. It's dad that gets up on Sunday morning and said, it's church time. Everybody moving. Yeah, yeah we don't get a vote. I was a little boy. My grandmother raised me. And on Sunday morning, I would say, Grandmama, Grandmama, Grandmama. I said, Grandmama, do I have to go to church this morning? She said, no, not if you're not breathing. <laughs> but if you're breathing, you better get up from here. <laughs> the Bible said, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Yeah. My grandmother had, she would look strange. She would always say, you know, there are two things you're going to do. As long as you live in my house and park your feet at my table, you're going to school and church. And when you get too big to do those two, it's time to do what Kung Fu told them. Hop, hop, hop on out of here. <laughs> yeah, life was real simple. Wasn't a lot of debating going on. You know, kids, you know, kids today, they talk back. Mama say one thing, they say three things. Daddy say one, they say four things. I grew up where my mama speak, it was just like this right here. 
Yeah. Because grandmama wasn't going to tell you something twice. The first time, you may didn't hear her. That second time, you about to be shaking. <laughs> no, no, wasn't no begging going on. Well, well, Leroy, what do you think about what we're going to do today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she didn't care about, she didn't have, she didn't know a lot about psychology. She knew a lot about that scrap, though. <laughs> he says in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says this. He says, he must rule his own household. He must rule his own household well, keeping his children under control with true dignity, commanding their respect in every way and keeping them respectful. Dad. It's the priest. The priest in the home. The father is to be the disciplinary in the family. He's to be the one who established the boundaries of accepted behavior and the standard ready for ready, stand ready, ready to chasten those who trespass those boundaries. My grandmother had a thing. Grandmother had a thing that 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 I had to be home before the street lights come on. <laughs> Let the street light come on and you ain't home. Yeah. Yeah, when I was a little boy, I, I know, I know, I, I get it. When I was a little boy, Moby Dick was a mental. I hear you, I, I, I hear you. But when I was a boy, back, back, back once upon a time, on the news, they would say at 11 o'clock, the man would come on the news and say, parents, do you know where? Grandma would say, yeah, they are right, right here, right here, right here, right there. She had a thing about saying that to the newsman. I said, Mama, you know he can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, but you can. <laughs> See, the newsman stopped saying that. Because at 11 o'clock, we still don't know where they are. Grandmama said, ain't nothing open after 12, but don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Listen to me. Dad, the priest of the home. He says in Proverbs, Proverbs, Proverbs 22, 15, said, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will remove it far from him. That was one of my grandmother's favorite verses. Here's another one. I always say she stayed healthy when I, as long as I was home. <laughs> Let me get this workout in here today. Another one of verses were Proverbs 20, 29, 15. He says, the rod of reproof gives wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Father, do not irritate or provoke your children to anger. and Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training and the discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. There's a way to treat our kids. There's a way to raise our kids that we don't turn them off, but we turn them on. We discipline them in love, compassion. Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 3.12 says, For whom the Lord loves, he proves, even a father, the son in whom he delight. You see, the father is to be the teacher of wisdom and godliness in the family. 
just as the pastor, what the pastor is to heritage, your husband, your dad is to your home. He's the priest. He says in Proverbs Proverb 4, 1 and 2 said, Hear, O son, the instructions of your father and give attention to you that you may gain understanding. For I have given you sound teaching and do not abandon my instruction. Verse 10 and 11 says, Son, hear, uh, my son, hear, uh, uh, hear my son and accept my sayings. And the years of your life will be many. And I will direct you in the ways of wisdom. I have led you in upright path. Teach your son. He says, as father, as the father and the priest, I am to teach and instill in my children uh, the way of God, the things of the Lord. Listen to me. He says, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Look at it with me real quick. He says this here. God is talking to the fathers. He's talking to Israel. He says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, Dad. Dad, Dad, the priest, love the Lord to God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, Dad. Because Junior's looking to you. When I was a little boy, I used to see the commercial. Remember the old Winston commercial? The dad sitting under the tree. And he takes out a Winston cigarette and he lights it up. He puts it down. His son sitting there beside him. He looks up at his dad smoking the cigarette. And he looks at dad. He reaches and he grabs the pack of cigarettes. Because your son wants to be like you. Mom, your daughter wants to be like you. And what they see you do, they'll mimic. Like father like son. And so he says, Dad, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and your children. They're looking up to you. Yeah, they may not be totally like he said, but you began to soak Put the salt in their spirit. Somebody said you can't, you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. No, no, that's a lie. Sure you can. Give him enough salt. When he get there, he gonna drink. <laughs> Keep salting the oaks. He said, We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We ought to make people thirsty when they engage us. He says to us, notice what he says in the text, and I'm closing. He says to dad, the priest, to dad, the priest in the home, he says, and these words which, which I am commanding you, <laughs> these words, dads, which I am commanding you today, you shall, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall walk, you shall talk of them when you sit in your, in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Dad, teach the word of God. Talk about the word of God. Model the word of God. He says, when you, so when, when, you, 
When you're walking down the road, when you're waking up, when you're lying down, teach them the word of God. Never forget it. My grandmother, my grandmother taught me. Every morning you get up. Every morning you get up, get down on your knees and cry to God. Thank God for waking you up and starting you on a day. Thank God for watching over you and protecting you while you slumbered and stuff. When you get up, get on your knees and give God glory for another day's journey. And then when you come home after working all day, before you get into bed, get back down on your knees and thank God for watching over you or for danger seen and unseen days. Give God praise for another day's journey. I was taught by a praying grandmother. I would get up, I would hear her praying. I would get up in the morning, I would hear her reading her Bible. She taught me that when you get up, get down on your knees because the highest place on earth is at the feet of Jesus. Give Jesus praise. Never forget it. Never forget it. I, on my wedding night, Pastor Sydney, on my wedding night, I almost missed my blessing. My wife, my wife, I was on my knees doing what my grandmother taught me to do before I get into bed. Get down on your knees and thank God. Pray to God. I was on my knees and I was praying. And I watched my wife on my wedding night. I watched her. She, I, you know, because the Bible says that we are to watch and pray. So I peeped. <laughs> and, and, and I saw her. I saw her. I saw her. She got in the bed and she didn't pray. And so I said, baby, I said, now, nah. baby, you didn't pray. He goes, she said, no, I prayed. I said, no, 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 you didn't pray now. And you got to pray before you get in the bed. That's what grandmama said. Grandmama said, you got to pray before you get in the bed. She said, I, 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 I told you I prayed. I said, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm watching you, and you didn't pray. I was almost to miss my blessing. I said, I watch you, I watch you, I watch you. I, and you didn't pray. She said, I pray laying down. I said, you can't pray laying down. You got to get on your knees and you got to get down and tell God about whether you got to tell God, give God praise, give God glory and honor. You got to do it on your knees. She said, I pray laying down. And I learned something that night. I learned that grandmama can teach you something, but your wife can teach you something too. <laughs> So I got on in the bed. <laughs> Dad, you're the high priest. You're the priest in your home. Listen to me. I'm closing now. You said, preacher, you said that twice. <laughs> I told you I'm black. I got to say it three times because I'm a Baptist. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Spirit. Now we can close. <laughs> Dad, pastor, priest, and poppy. Pastor, priest, and poppy. Must model 
what the family is to be. He says, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul says, follow me. Follow my example. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Dad, pastor, priest, and poppy, we ought to be able to tell our wives, follow me as I follow Christ. We ought to be able to tell our children, our sons and our daughters, follow me as I follow Christ. Because do what I say, not what I do, doesn't work. Follow me as I follow Christ. I live in such a way that I don't shame his name. I live in such a way that I bring glory and honor to his name. Follow me as I follow Christ. Dad, the priest of his home. Dad, the pastor of his home. Pastor, priest, poppy. That's me. That's you. It's what God is calling us to be. And so, ladies, young ladies, when you're considering a hubby, when you're considering a soulmate, because you want a soulmate, not a sailmate. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, some people get married and they get a cellmate. Mm. You know, one says, well, how was a cellmate? Somebody that you married that feels like a life sentence. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want a cellmate. I tell you what else you don't want. You don't want a roommate. So what's a roommate? Somebody you learn how to put up with. You learn how to tolerate. Yeah, you don't want a cellmate or a roommate. You want a soulmate. Soulmate, you can't live without her. You can't live without him. So when you consider those things, understand that you get more than a soulmate. You're getting a shepherd. You're choosing a spiritual leader. You're choosing a priest. You're choosing your pastor, your priest of your children, your priest of him. Paul said, let them learn where? At home. Indicative of the fact that your husband knows the word of God. He's a man of the book. Let them learn at home. And so this morning as we close, I want to challenge dads this morning. I want to challenge young men. I want to challenge the young ladies. I want to challenge all of us here this morning. You see, grandma, my grandma would always say, she'd say, son, God doesn't have any grandchildren. What do you mean, grandmama? She said, God doesn't have any grandchildren. All of his children are children. See, it doesn't matter what your mom is and what your dad. You can't get to heaven based on them. You got to know him for yourself. You got to choose him for yourself. 
Maybe you're here this morning, and today is your day to say, Jesus, this morning, today I choose you. I want to challenge you this morning. You see, when I was a little boy, we used to play checkers. I love playing checkers. Sometimes I cheat, but I love playing checkers. <laughs> uh, the Bible says over-confession is good for the soul. But one thing about playing checkers was that when you move, it's my move. I stopped by to tell you, Heritage Community Church, 2,000 years ago, Jesus moved. He chose you. Today, like playing checkers, it's your move. The question this morning is, will you choose him? You say, preacher, how do I do that? Can I tell you? Would you bow your head with me? If you're here this morning, would you pray this simple prayer with me? Say, dear Jesus, forgive me and cleanse me for all my unrighteousness. Father, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Save me and make me a new creature in Christ Jesus. For I receive you this morning as my Lord and Savior in and over my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer this morning for the first time, would you just slip your hand up and down real quick? If you prayed that for the first time this morning, just slip your hand up and down. Father, we thank you this morning for who you are. Thank you for moms. Thank you for dads today. Thank you for heritage. I pray, Father, Lord God, that you would just continue, Father, to do your perfect work in the hearts and lives of your people.